0: To be joined by former Razorback baseball player and current Diamond Hog color commentator, Bubba Carpenter. Bubba Carpenter is brought to you by Johnston's Home Center in Benton. Visit them on the web at com. Johnston's Home Center in Benton. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. Now, let's play ball with Bubba Carpenter.
1: Well, Hello, Bubba. Oh, how are you?
2: Good, man. Hey, I tell you what, I'm way better this Monday than I was last last week on Monday when we talked.
1: There's No doubt. Hmm. Uh, it's funny because everybody keeps saying how hard sweeps are. Dave said it, a couple of players said it afterwards, and Wes just pointed out, true, I mean, you go back three weeks, and Arkansas has been involved in a sweep three weekends in a row. So, it is hard, but Arkansas is making it look easy, and unfortunately, uh, last week they were on the wrong end of it, but to your point... Sweeping A&M was sure, sure fun, and a lot of different guys contributed, and we saw, you know, the bottom of the order contribute, and you saw a lot of guys on the mound, we saw the return of Brady Tiger. Overall, really good weekend, I would say. Um, what stood out to you about the performances for the weekend?
2: Well, first of all, to your point about the sweeps, they, they're hard, but I've never seen so many sweeps in SEC as there, there's been this year. I don't know what's going on. I mean, there's it's crazy. All over the place, there's sweeps, but... Unfortunately, um, this week we came out on the on the on the good side of it. But I'd say a performance that really stood out to me was was John Bolton. I thought he was huge all weekend. I mean, you can go back to Thursday night. Um, you know, his at bat with the he had the bases loaded, one out. You know, he hit a, an infield just a ground ball to the right side. Um, first baseman kind of booted it, bobbled it a little bit. He ended up getting an an infield hit. Pitcher didn't cover the bag. So that enabled the, the Peyton Soball home run. You know, Kendall comes up and strikes out after that. So with two outs, Peyton Stowball comes up, hits Grand Slam, and, you know, we're up 5 nothing. I mean, that's huge. But you know, if you look at what John did there, if he doesn't put the ball in play there, Peyton never gets a chance for his Grand Slam. And so I look at a lot of little things like that. I thought Bolton had some really good punts throughout the weekend. Uh, they all resulted in runs. You can go back to Saturday's game where he, he, he did perfect right side, which kind of, that's kind of a lost art. Uh, we talked about it in the bases loaded podcast this morning where bunting is kind of a lost art, mm-hmm. that push bunt to the right side. You get a big donkey lefty on the mound, like Will Johnson, you know, he's fallen off to the third base side. Uh, John Bolton, perfect push bunt to the right side. First baseman had to come get the ball. Pitcher can't get over. Then he picks, throws the ball away goes to third on a fast ball, and Kendall Diggs gets the back fly to score him. I mean, that's small ball at its best right there. So those are the things that really stood out to me over the weekend. I think it's it's awesome the way DBH Mm -hmm. is able to kind of adapt to his team. You know, and there's been years where we can sit back and wait for the three-run homer. This year, with all the injuries, we can't do that. We've got to manufacture runs, and and I, I think it's awesome the way the lineup has stepped up and been able to do that and execute situations like that.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And I would say, too, while A&M had some sloppy moments, that was certainly part of the story this weekend. Arkansas, it seemed like, Bubba, you know, you talked about the push bunt, but there were a couple like that where um, they just hit in the right spot. And we were there, you know, Thursday, and they had a couple of moments like that, but it continued through the weekend. And where it seems like some weekends you don't get any breaks at all, seemed like all the breaks were going Arkansas' way this weekend.
2: You know, it it seemed like it. It really did, Justin. And, and, and I don't know if it's just the bomb walker magic. I don't know what it is, but we seem to get those breaks at home. I mean, look at, look at Brady Slavin's triple. He hit it, I think, 62 miles an hour off his bat. It just dribbled down the right field line. Would have been an easy out, but it hit the bag, bounced over Moss's head, who's like 6'4", mm-hmm. and dribbled down the right field line for a triple. It seems like at Ball Walker, we get those breaks where on the road we we don't seem to get them. And so I don't know if it's Ball Walker magic or what it is, but it, whatever it is, it's uh, it, its been going our way at home.
1: Bob, 12 30 today, we're going to have Jace Borfin on. It's actually going to be a recurring segment with us. We've not talked to him before. Give me some insight on him other than the fact that he had a whale of a weekend.
2: Hey, I love talking to Jace. So, you know, he's team captain. So, I've asked him a few times, you know, hey, did you feel it necessary after, like, the Georgia sweep to talk to the team? And after, you know, losing to Missouri State, he's like, no. He said the team pretty much knows what they need to do. But the thing I like about Jace, I like talking hitting with him. I can talk hitting with, with anybody. But when you start talking hitting with Jace, it's so much fun. I can ask him, okay, so what were you looking for in that pitch? And I'll get the whole sequence of what he was looking for, you know, what happened. Um, and it's just awesome. You guys are going to enjoy talking to him. He's, he's a really good interview. And, uh, boy, he's a big part of the middle of that lineup right now.
0: Will McIntyre's been struggling, Bubba. Uh, and I thought maybe the biggest moment of the, or biggest thing out for me over the weekend was his performance to go five and two-thirds, eight strikeouts. He looked like a different guy. What was working for Will? What made him a different pitcher this weekend?
2: Well, okay, so – I don't know if you were listening to the broadcast. We talked about it during the broadcast, how D.J. Baxendale kind of went back and crunched the numbers. And, you know, the batting average against his fastball is, is way higher, obviously, he's leaving fastballs over the middle of the plate. They're not hitting his off-speed stuff. I mean, when he throws a slider, cutter, curveball, they're not hitting it. So they kind of went back and used the analytics to say, okay, this is how we need to attack this a and team. And, look, you know, the analytics, whether you like them or not, they're here to stay. There's a lot of guys pitching in the big leagues right now that were out of the game a couple of years ago because people went back and said, hey, look, you don't throw this pitch enough. When you throw this pitch, the league's hitting 150. When you throw this pitch, they're hitting 350. So use this pitch more. I mean, it's not rocket science, but that's basically what they did. And so what kind of attacked the A&M lineup. And I don't know if y'all were there on, on Friday or not, but they were frustrated. You can see those guys going back to the dugout. Just They were mad because they weren't getting pitches to hit. Will was using his fastball around the perimeter of the zone, and he would use off-speed in the zone, whether it be his changeup, his slider, uh, his cutter. Mostly his slider and cutter. And uh, Boy, just had the guys confused, but I think it's neat that they went back and crunched the number, and it really just kind of changed him as a pitcher. Now, he did throw his fastball, though every once in a while he'd sneak a fastball by him, but he mainly... You know, relied on the off-speed stuff in the zone to get the outs, and it was it was awesome to watch. And I tell you what, five and two thirds. If if he doesn't get that done, this whole weekend plays out different.
1: Talking about carbon on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. It's brought to you by Johnston's Home Center, down in Benton. Speaking of pitchers, McIntyre came on in relief behind Brady Tiger. Welcome back, Brady. What did you think of what you saw from him in limited action?
2: Hey, I thought he was great. I heard someone talking this morning on one of the other shows here in town, that it was less than impressive. I don't remember how it was said exactly, but um, I thought he was great. He had four batters. His fastball was 93 to 95. Most of them were 94, 95. Uh, good breaking ball. Um, I, I thought he looked good. I mean, considering you – know, so I compare it to a Hunter Elliott. Hunter Elliott with Ole Miss kind of had the same injury. Hunter came back, and I want to say his first inning against LSU, he threw like forty-nine pitches in the first inning, walked five, Mm. was all over the place, couldn't get an out. You know, Brady comes back from the same injury, faces four batters, uh, gets through it pretty easy. You know, through twenty pitches, and that's right about what they wanted him to be at. So I was happy, and uh, the best thing is, is if he felt good. There's no, he didn't feel anything in his arm. His velocity was there, and so I think that's a really good sign. Heading into this week, this weekend, he'll give us two innings. Right. And we'll just build off of that.
1: Yeah, I I think what the staff has done with him is phenomenal, and it would have been certainly justifiable with the other injuries to try to rush him back a little bit. But the fact that they've been so patient with him could really pay off here down the stretch as they try to make a push towards Omaha.
2: Yeah, you know, know, Dave could have used him last weekend in Georgia. He could have used him. Uh, You know, Dylan Carter, he could have used Dylan on Sunday. Dillon had some soreness, but he could have used Dylan on Sunday. Um, well, actually, it was Saturday. I guess yeah. the Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But that Saturday game when we blew the lead, um, he could have used both of those guys. But Dave's looking. Look, mm-hmm. we're we're looking to postseason. Dave's mind's already into postseason. Uh, he's setting these guys up to get ready to peak at the right time. And so, yeah, I think it's great. And you know, Corey Woods done a great job with Tiger getting him back healthy. I mean, just look at. I think Corey Corey was the trainer, and he doesn't get enough credit. I I, I wish I wish y'all could have him on one day and talk to him because that poor guy, sure. with all the injuries, he's been a busy guy this year, and he does such a good job taking care of these guys, and that's something that no one sees behind the scenes.
0: Bubba, well, I was impressed. Maybe not impressed isn't the right word, but Zach Morris. Uh, when he came in, I was surprised. I didn't know if he would get another shot in a meaningful game and he did and uh the numbers don't look good but i thought zach pitched better than the numbers giving uh, arkansas an inning in two-thirds and honestly uh he was really close to to finishing that inning off and and getting out of that inning unscathed what do you think of zach
2: no i I agree i thought I i kind of thought the same thing um you know he came in and and i was a little surprised to see him when he came in um but he, he he looked good. He threw some really good pitches. Had his breaking ball work and threw a couple of really good change ups. He kind of got screwed on a strike three call yeah. <laughs> um, that kind of led to a few you know some extra pitches and then some runs. Um, but you know that was kind of the that was kind of the theme of the weekend. There was some there were some sketchy calls by the umpires. Especially I tell you what, the Thursday night game. I'm telling you guys that was that was and I, look umpiring's hard. And I talk to umpires all the time when I'm coaching. I talk to them, and I, I don't yell and scream at them. I never raise my voice. Well, very rarely raise my voice. I get it. It's a hard job. But that Thursday night guy was really bad. Um, and, and anyway, we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. But to your, to your point about about Zach Morris, I thought he made a step forward. Even though he gave up a few runs. Well, he didn't give them up. Fouse came in and gave up his runs. Mm. But I thought he looked good. And, look, I've said it all year. At some point, we're going to need Zach Morris to come in and get some big outs for us. I think that's a good step forward.
0: Was that a strike? Did TrackMan indicate that was a strike for Zach Morris and the inning should have been over? Yeah,
1: hell yeah, that's a strike. (laughs) Yeah, it was. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Bubba, let me talk to you. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say TrackMan doesn't lie. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Let me ask about Caleb Cowley. We've talked to him, I guess, about the last couple weeks. He's on a 13-game hitting streak now. What, in your mind, has been the key for him in being so consistent lately?
2: Well, okay, let's compare it to, like, Globe Life Field, where he, out of his first eight bats, he struck out seven times. He was swinging at pitches out of the zone. Now he's not. I mean, now he's getting pitches in the zone. We talked about last week how he saw 40-something pitches in an SEC weekend, only swung and missed five times. Um He's just getting pitches in the zone and putting good swings on them. And he's smart. He knows if he comes up with runners at second and third, uh, two outs, first base, open, they're not going to throw him fastballs down the middle. He's going to get sliders. They're going to pitch around him. So he's going to have to take He looks for those pitches. And, well, I tell you what, and, it, and it's carried over into defense. You guys know baseball. When I don't care if you're talking senior baseball or, or college baseball, whatever. When a guy is hitting, he's playing better defense at all ages. I know I, I coach my son's 11-year-old team. When when a kid's hitting, he goes out in the field and makes great plays. Um, Cali's playing really good defense now. He made some good plays over the weekend. But the, the most important part with his hitting is the fact that he, he's getting pitches in the zone. And, you know, I will say it It, it probably, you know, Ben McLaughlin hitting behind him probably helps because Ben's been hitting well as well. So, you know, I think it's uh it, it, it's been fun to watch.
1: I'm sure we've talked about this before, but I'm going to ask again anyway. McLaughlin has, I think, hit his way into being a permanent part of the lineup. So when Wagner comes back, how do you th- see them shuffling things around? Whew.
2: Well, I don't know. You got it. You you've got to leave McLaughlin in there. I mean, if it was if it was youth baseball, we would just bat ten. But I don't think the is going to let us do that. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think what'll end up happening, well. I don't even want to speculate because DVH is the man, but but Ben Ben's going to be in there somewhere. He's too valuable to that lineup. He's a lot like Caleb Cowley. I, I compare Ben to uh, to Kendall Diggs. If you watch the two of them hit, they're very similar. They control the at-bat. They don't let the pitcher control the at-bat. They control the at-bat. They swing on their turn, and uh, that's what makes them so dangerous up there. So there there will be a spot for Ben in that lineup somewhere.
0: In his nine SEC games, Ben McLaughlin is hitting three fifty-seven. That's the second-best average. By the way, do you know who has the best batting average in SEC play for the Razorbacks?
2: I would think it would be Caleb Cowley.
0: It is Caleb Cowley. I, I yeah. thought it was Jace, but it's Caleb Cowley. He's hitting three sixty-four in SEC games only. Jace is hitting three fifty-six, so just right behind him. But to your point, Ben McLaughlin's got to stay in the lineup. When you're hitting three fifty-seven in nine sec games there's a spot for you here's a uh, i was going through the sec stats after the game saturday and it was really odd to me bubba and maybe you can explain it arkansas is hitting 255 against sec opponents the sec opponents by the way are hitting 271 against arkansas pitching Uh, but arkansas has scored 18 more runs than their opponents 132 runs to 114 you look at that batting average, and you think it would be the other way around. How is this happening?
2: You know, it doesn't really match up, does it, no. Les? but what, here's, here's what's really cool. Phil actually gave me this stat this morning. We are leading the SEC in on-base percentage with our leadoff hitter. Our leadoff hitter is, is getting on at a four sixty three rate. Mm. That's incredible, and we're ways, but next, the next highest is well below us. But when you're getting your leadoff guy on at that rate, good things are going to happen so we're finding a way to get into second get him in scoring position and it's not what you hit it's when you hit even though our batting averages are down we're finding a way to get that run in we've hit a lot of stack flies this year um we're good at moving that runner from second to third via either a, a ground ball to the right side or a bunt and we're just finding a way to score runs and that alone is going to make us when you get Wagner back and you get Back at the top of that lineup, the fact that we're able to manufacture runs right now, we're going to be a dangerous team, guys. And when, when everyone gets healthy and gets in
1: there, speaking of dangerous teams, Arkansas playing Lipscomb for the first time ever tomorrow at Dickey Stevens Park, six o'clock first pitch. It is sold out. Fifteen and six in conference, though, and uh, the Bison's having a pretty good year overall. Just a little above five hundred, but uh, should be a good challenge for Arkansas tomorrow. Bubba, uh, I could ask who's going to pitch. Um, but my goodness, I went through a lot of arms this week. I don't know. I don't know what to expect next, uh, uh tomorrow night.
2: Well, I tell you what, I think Phil Elson's going to open the game as a starter. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to give us one inning. Uh, maybe we can get West to come in. Um, I don't know after that, but it's going to be tough. Uh, Hey, the beauty of it is is we don't play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The fact that we have a weekend series mm-hmm. helps us a ton, but you know, it's, it's going to be tough on the pitching side. I honestly, I can usually kind of guess, and sometimes I know, but I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. Right now, you I have no clue who's going to start that game tomorrow. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. no idea who it could be. Um, and I know Dave doesn't care. Dave, Dave's mind is—I mean, yeah, we don't want to lose the lipstick but at the end of the day, Dave's worried about what happens Friday night at Mississippi State. So it's uh, it's going to be fun, but. Yeah, I wish I was going. I've got a coaching thing tomorrow that that I promised I would do, um, so I'm not going to make it down there. I love I love going to Dickie Stevens Park. I have a lot of friends in Central Arkansas. Uh, I hate that I'm going to miss that, but I think uh, I think we'll be all right without me.
1: Well, the broadcast won't be as good, but yeah, we'll have a good time. We'll be there to support them. It'll be fun. And then, yeah, this weekend, what, what are your uh, real quick? I know Mississippi State and old Miss. We talked about that a lot. We try to try to talk about a lot how bad they started the the uh the league play what uh what are you you feeling about the trip over there
2: i think we're gonna be fine you know mississippi state they're scuffling they give up a ton of runs uh i think it's gonna be a good weekend to be a hitter but you know razorbacks always have a bullseye on their back uh when they go to duty noble anything can happen you know uh, mississippi state got swept by tennessee this weekend um you know, so they're desperate. They got to have some wins, and so I, I, I think we're going there and get the. We're going to get the series win. I really think so. I think this team's good at battling. Uh, they're going to find a way to win. Um, but I don't know. It's tough, man. Y- y'all know how it is. Really, we, we went to we went to Georgia last weekend. It was, they're four and seven, and they swept us. So anything can happen. But I feel good about our chances this weekend.
1: Yeah, six and fifteen in conference play. Certainly not what you expect from that program, 24-20 and 20 overall. But, just like we saw with George, there's a chance for them to get right against the really good Arkansas team, and I'm sure they'll be excited about uh, having an opportunity this weekend. So hopefully Arkansas plays well, but we will be there tomorrow. Bubba will be rooting loudly so we can make up for your absence, and we will uh, talk to you again next week.
2: Alright, y'all have a good talk with Jake Forf, and y'all are going to like him so much that I, and, uh, and keep swinging it, because, boy, I really love him in the middle of that lineup. Mm-hmm. He's a huge presence right there, and 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 him stepping up has been huge. With with Borfin going or not Borken with uh Wagner. with Wagner going down, Jace has really stepped up. Him and Callie and McLaughlin, all three of them. But but Jace is kind of the leader of that group. And so, uh, yeah, y'all are gonna enjoy your talk with him. But uh, have fun tomorrow night at Dickie Stevens, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Go hard! Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it.